The most crucial and decisive battle of World War II is about to be fought. 1943, Battle of Midway. To Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And guys, today we are playing uh, what's not really like our first sequel, but it's like a sequel to a game that we really didn't <laughs> like. Uh, 1942, <laughs> the game that just went beep, 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 dee, 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 deep. You guys hated this one. I did. I uh, yeah, I was much. not a fan, particularly because I remember playing it as a kid and thought it was going to bring back all the nostalgia for me. And really, I just was frustrated. Yeah, it really, it really brought um, put a, put a bad taste in my mouth for all of the shmups to come. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny because at this point now, like 1942, might have been our very first shmup, but now we've played so many of them. And really just games from Capcom and Konami. They just continue to put like shmup after shmup. And Capcom, uh, the last game we played from them was Legendary Wings. And I find that to be a very forgettable shmup. What about you guys? You I know, I didn't, hate, I didn't hate Legendary Wings, but I also don't remember much about it. Yeah, same as Joe. Um, but no, I was just going to say, I don't remember too much about it. I remember being very similar. Like, it's just the thing. I remember being like a middle of the road meh. Yeah, it had like vertical and horizontal shmup levels. Yes, you I were do just a, an, it, you were like an angel. Uh, it just right. I don't know. And it you wasn't like a flew lot of into connective... that thing's mouth, right? And there was like a bonus level in there, and like things like that. Is that the one I'm thinking of? That's yes. exactly yeah. the one. So uh, we 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 got rid of the beeps in uh, 1943 here, but we also we got rid of a lot of things. So I think just to give an overview of what 1943, the Battle of Midway, is all about. The Battle of Midway was fought between the Imperial Japanese Navy, uh, commanded by Yamamoto, and the United States Navy, commanded by Nimitz, and this battle took place just seven months following the attack on <laughs> Pearl Harbor on June 4th, 1942. Right. Which is what gives it the name, <laughs> 1943. Right now. <laughs> I thought it would be funny if I gave an overview of the actual Battle of Midway. But, it, but, it but is, I think it is and important. And an interview with a, with a Navy pilot <laughs> yeah. from back then. I think it is important, though, because because it, in the, the history of it, it, we learned that it took place in 1942, not 1943, which makes it just funny that they their best option to name the sequel to 1942, not wanting to do 1942 2, they just named it the next year, which is not when the battle took place. That's great. I love that naming convention, but I don't understand. Is the, the subtitle literally Battle of Midway? Because I don't see that written anywhere. See, I'm under the impression just looking at like the instructions manual that, is that in? okay. it, ha it has it in there. Uh, I actually don't have the box art for reference, but I, I, I thought it was there. It, yeah, it's definitely huh. on the manual. The important thing, too, okay. though, Sean... To your point, Sean, there is that this was an arcade game for a long time before it became an NES game. So it is possible that they didn't feel the need to include the Battle of Midway. But I also think in Japan, it wasn't referred to by its actual historical battle. And instead, it was called like the Battle of Valhalla or something like that. Yeah, that would probably ruffle some feathers. Right. Yeah. It, but if it is 
uh, was originally an arcade game, is it possible that it did that thing that we've seen a lot of other things do, where when it gets ported to the NES, it just gets like an arbitrary sub? Well, this one's not arbitrary, but it just gets a subtitle to differentiate it or make it feel like a different experience. No, because I know it had Battle of Midway in the arcade because they wound up eventually releasing like Battle of Midway Mark II. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> they got very creative. They didn't with just this call stuff, it 1944 right? or 1943 too. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was Battlefield 1949. It should have been 1941.8 over two days. Oh God, they're really Every limiting them. three five eight over two days. <laughs> they Every are limiting themselves day. though, because 1944 45 is the end, right? So like you can only, you only have like three games left at best. Well, uh, I think that after that, they would go, like, 1944, like, January, and then, like, right. February. Yeah, 1944, January 1st, then 1944, <laughs> January 2nd. Yeah, it'd be fun. And in many ways, that is that is a Tetsuya Nomura naming convention. <laughs> so, I'm, we're not going to talk about the arcade game, but I think it's important for everyone to know that the NES version is the version of 1943 that introduces the mechanic that lets you improve, improve your plane uh, by giving out like various progression points to your fuel gauge or your power or your defense in the, in the arcade. None of that was there. You just had the standard plane that you found in 1942 and you just continuously kept going, you know, throughout the, throughout each level, never upgrading or, uh, or changing your ship. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the concept. I played the I played through it a couple times with the dispersing my skill points or whatever you want to say uh in different areas. I couldn't really feel any different. Didn't feel much different to me at all. But um it's cool that it's there. Yeah, I felt like I mean, I I I, did, I don't know if I experimented enough to to really say which ones I thought were the best, but I ended up putting a lot of my my points into either offensive power or energy level. And I and I'm not sure how much use I would have gotten out of some of like defensive power, which sounds like it would be helpful, but at least for the way I was playing the game, I don't think it would have helped me that much. Um just because your 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 defensive power like defends you until you get to like one hit left and then you die, and I spend most of the game on one hit left and then I die. So like it it just postpones that a little bit for me. Um I don't know, I, I feel like offense was, was the most useful for me. Yeah, so you guys didn't have, like, a specific loadout that you preferred when you started the game. Uh, they let you distribute three points uh, across the five different categories, which are offensive and defensive power, your maximum fuel level, and special weapons, and how long those special weapons, uh, like, the duration on them. I never touched the special weapons thing, but for me, I found that the maximum fuel level, the energy thing that Joe was referring to, I found that to be the most important thing because yeah. it's the only thing standing between you and this being a regular shmup where one hit kills you. Yeah, I also didn't touch um, the special gauge that much because uh, everything about this game is so accurate as far as an NES game can be up until the idea that this, this plane can like summon the power of weather and <laughs> Zeus like lightning bolting you. Uh, so I just didn't, I, I just chose not to do that for aesthetic reasons. Yeah. I preferred in 1942 when you got to just do like the barrel roll to get away from enemies. Yeah. And you can still do that. 
Um, I think if you use special too many times, something along those lines, it's the same button. I think. Yeah, but it, but it does it does make it it almost incentivizes you not to ever use it to get away from enemies because then you waste one of your special attacks. Yeah, that, that that's you know I, I thought that was a little bit of a flaw. Not to not to praise 1942 over 1943 at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> So before we talk about like the actual game, I, I want to talk about this fuel gauge because it's the most interesting part of this shmup, the one that differentiates it from all the other ones that we've played on the NES so far. And the idea basically is, as we talked about here, is that it was in, it was think of the fuel gauge as your HP level. Uh, so if you have 99, you it counts down from there. So you, it, uh, whether you're playing or not, similar to that Dragon Ball game on the NES where like no matter what you do, the HP just keeps going down. But it also goes down if you get hit by something. So you don't just take one hit in this shmup. You can theoretically take like seven or eight on a good day before you deplete your fuel. But even if your fuel's at zero, you still have an option to take on one more hit and then you'll be gone for good. My question for either of you is, was this was this really enough though? Like I should like the fact that uh, I don't, it's not a one hit KO game. It allows you to endure multiple hits. But I really hated the fuel idea because the levels are the levels are very short bursts uh, of interactivity. So the idea that your plane would be out of fuel seems kind of silly. And couple that with tying it to something like HP and something that just continuously falls down, it really doesn't work out. I never really found myself being able to manage my HP to be high enough by the time I got to a boss battle. I, I, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, I, I completely agree that it was, I think it's a really cool idea and I, and it should be something that works better. But I think that that coupled with the fact that your your fuel gauge or HP or whatever you want to call it is constantly draining no matter what, like it's, it's, it's almost like a time limit. That makes it so like almost always if you get fuel, you'll run out of it by the time you find more fuel. So like I feel like once you get to zero you're never in that level going to get back up to, to max or to more than a few hits. I thought that it was fine. Um, the thing, I was very critical of the draining health gauge in um, in the Dragon Ball game uh, because it just reaching zero is game over for you. Like, that didn't matter what you were doing, didn't matter if you were, like, a pixel away from picking up some replenishment or the end of a level, it just ended right there because you were out of life, time, whatever unit. Um, uh, but in this game, once it gets to zero, or zero-ish, like, you can just sort of cruise there and it sort of acts like a normal shmup where if you get hit, you die. So I think that it was an alright amount of uh, leniency on the game's part. Um, I mean... Really, the the fact that it drains, I guess, isn't that important to me. Uh, it's just if if you can't get those uh, red uh, red planes, that if you get all of them, it drops some energy. Uh, you're kind of shit out of luck. So it 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 makes you more wary of picking up energy pickups when you can. Yeah, uh, but I didn't I didn't have the same problems you guys I, had with see, it. See, because I I do still feel like that you could accomplish that though. Without because it's a shmup and because I mean probably the regular player gets hit enough times where I think you're still going to want to like manage your your energy level as much as possible. Whereas when it's just constantly draining, it almost feels like you have very little control. It's just when you find an energy thing, pick it up. But 
gonna it's gonna drain whether you're playing good or you're playing bad. So so I feel like it felt like after the first thirty seconds of of the level, you're back to playing just pretty much a regular shmup with like a little boost once in a while. Not saying that it's anywhere near as bad as Dragon Ball was, where it like like at least this doesn't completely hinder you can still play this as a regular shmup. Um, but it, that that's what made me feel like the the intent that that they had behind putting it in there was kind of lost because I guess some of it could be like the we're we're seeing more of the negative here because we we see the the fuel as um like your baseline should be sixty four or ninety nine or whatever your max is but really any amount that you have over twenty is sort of a bonus so if it's draining it's just like you may as well. Uh, be a bit more risky while you have this extra life than you would otherwise. I don't know. I guess it just depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'll agree with you there, Sean. I think that's an interesting thing that I didn't consider not being a pro player. But uh, if you're a pro player of shmups, having the fuel gauge not count down might almost make the game too easy. Yeah. Uh, and, and so this kind of keeps it at a level, level playing field and almost is like a fun advantage for newbies, but also uh, something that they have to remember to deal with. about the trade-off in the power-ups that you get from the red planes, which is like a traditional shmup, shmup trope where like a series of enemies come down that are slightly different colored. Yeah. And you know, if you kill all of them, you'll get this power-up to appear on screen. And I like how that's communicated now in shmups, just like a untold law. Yeah. You know, how do these things happen? How, does, how do all developers like communicate with each other and say, this is what we're going to do? It's called, it, it's called sublimation, devastation. Got it. And, and so once you kill all those red planes, <laughs> once you kill all those red planes and the you get like a POW symbol or something, you could just take that or you can keep shooting at it and you can get, um, you can turn it into a spread weapon and you can also turn it into um, like a larger amount of fuel until a certain oh. point where it just like is a permanent, like, it, like it, it can no longer be changed into anything anymore and it's like the maximum amount of fuel you can collect. That is something I didn't even notice. I didn't know that you could keep shooting it and it would morph. I just picked it up immediately. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, it's really weird as you as you keep shooting it, it changes like its icon a little bit and then it ends with like what looks like two fuel canisters as I the final see. thing. I, I thought I might be wrong, but I thought that once you get those fuel two fuel canisters, if you keep shooting it, you'll turn it back into the POW symbol. Oh, you know, I never shot beyond that because that it didn't keep moving forward when I shot it, but that's something uh, I, that, that might be true. I didn't... Did, yeah. Can you confirm that? I, I'm pretty sure I did it earlier. I was playing can you again prove to it right myself. Now, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I have proof, but uh, but you can't <laughs> see it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did it earlier. I can't, I can't confirm, but 
that's the, and I like that's how my memory works. I liked the spread weapon too, um, the one that shoots out like three directional um, ammo. But again, that is tied to like a limited amount uh, of like you only get like twelve of these in your capacity, and like yeah, that happens in like in terms of ammo in games and stuff like that, and we've even seen that in like gun uh, gun dot smoke. Uh, but yeah. you know, I just thought it was weird here because in a shmup, the whole idea is like once you have that power up, that's like now your ship's a little more badass. Now it's like okay, your ship's a little more badass for eight shots. Yeah, I guess this game isn't really going for the same power fantasy that something like Gradius is. Um, what they're going for instead, I'm not really sure. Um, but this is the gritty World War II game that we've all yeah. been craving for. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't mind the you know the the different. The, the power up only lasting for a little while, it, you know. I think we're just used to like, yeah, the the ability to customize or add new things and, and keep them until you get hit. Um, but that didn't bother me. It's it just it's almost like getting it's not the same, but it's like it's like getting a the star in Mario, or it's getting something that gives you like a temporary boost in in any number of games. Joe, what did you think about the the enemies throughout the game? I thought it was pretty nice to have different sizes of enemy planes uh, constantly on the screen with you, so you'll have like some really big ships that can offload smaller, uh, sorry, really big planes that can offload smaller planes. And then you have bigger planes that shoot ammo back at you. You have uh, boats that uh, can attack from, uh, that thankfully you don't have to like, you don't have to bomb them. You can just right. shoot them. What did you think of all that? Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a nice variety. I mean, to be honest, the thing that stuck out to me the most about the enemy variety or about the enemies in general is that they did something that I feel like you don't see in a lot of shmups where they don't just, they don't just fly by you and then are gone forever. They like fly up to you in like a formation and they flip around and they turn back like they, like a plane would do like, like a, an enemy would do. They wouldn't just fly by you and then just keep flying forever away from you. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they, they fly in little formations up to you to attack you. Um, some of them, like, and like you said, there's a variety. There are some that bigger ones that come from behind you and shoot off little planes. It was, it was nice to see a little variety, especially if you're thinking back to, 1942 where there was a lot less of that and sean what about like the overall design of the game aesthetically i i will say that this is like 1942 remastered uh it uh, i actually went back to to um play 1942 for a bit after i played through 1943 and it's it's like a whole new generation like the the it performs better uh the music is actually music, um, and the uh, the places that you're flying over are actually that they look kind of nice. Like there's some parallax going on when you're in the first stage of a level, when you're above the clouds and you see the ocean beneath it, and then uh, at like I don't know, like two thirds of the way through, it'll say that it, it found a, uh, a water based target, and then you get closer. And so I don't. I really I like the art in this game. I think that it it, it has a, a nice aesthetic going for it. Yeah, I, th- I think you said it best there. With the definitely an improvement or even remaster over 1942. I I kind of wish that they, uh, you know, and I understand why if it's the Battle of Midway, why there's so much sea. But I wish we would have gotten like some other landscapes just to. Uh, you know, just to see what they would have done with the design of like a mountain range or something like that. I guess that would be the Battle of of Mount Everest, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, it's funny is, is like, aesthetically, like, you know, all of those things are great. And, and like Joe said, the variety of enemies is fantastic. But did you guys ever notice that if you shoot in just like some odd places every now and again, you get some really weird icons in this game. At one point, like a cow revealed itself as like a power up for me. Did you guys I see that at all? See the cow. I, I only saw an elephant, a pink elephant. Um, I think that elephant. was a cat. I think that was a cat. Because I, yeah, I was wondering because I couldn't find it in the manual. But when I saw it in the game, it was so clearly an elephant to me. And then I looked back in the manual and there's no elephant. Maybe the cat, but even that doesn't look anything like what I remember seeing. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it's super funny. They don't do anything. They're just for, like, bonus points. Like, the cow doesn't give you, like, the power to shoot milk, unfortunately. Ooh. But, I think uh, if you, you max know, out your, your offense power all the way, you get milk shooting. Well, Joe, you joke, but there there <laughs> is an, there is an option, right? Like, to, to continue on. Like, you wouldn't know it if you're just if you're just passively playing this game, but if you're shooting all over the screen, there are other opportunities to continue to <laughs> pre- progress your ship to be even better. Did you guys ever get a chance to like attribute more points to your ship towards specific loadouts? Uh, one time, I think before like the third boss or something, just before the boss battle, it was like, yeah, and then the screen just randomly was like, oh, here you go again. You can, you can yeah, I got one. I don't remember if I picked something up that allowed me to do that, or if I just had enough points, or if it just happens at that point in the game. Um, but I, yeah, it happened to me once. That's interesting, because there is like, and I don't know if it's specifically just a flower power-up, or if other power-ups, uh, sorry, not power-ups, the bonus characters. If other bonus characters left for it as well. <laughs> but if you shoot in certain places on the screen... Even if there's not an enemy there, you might notice like a registered hit. And so if you shoot at that area, like, and it, and it doesn't have to be anything. It could just literally be the sea, you know, you <laughs> blink and you'll miss it. But if you shoot at that a few more times, a special bonus character will reveal itself. And in my case, a flower did. And when I went into, when I like ran into the flower, what wound up happening was it took me to the progression screen and I got to attribute another point to another area. Huh. Okay. So it's pretty cool that you have that option to like, uh, you know, continue to upgrade your ship outside of just the start menu. I yeah. Otherwise, the the whole system is kind of uh, worthless (laughs) because it's got it's got all of these spaces, (laughs) right? And you only have three points. Yeah, Um, it makes sense that you'd be able to do that. I I did not to go off the rails here, but I did just. I'm watching a video of of the game right now, and I did just find the elephant in this video. Uh, and I That's said, 100% I said, yeah, an elephant. Yeah, it's an elephant. Like, uh, maybe, we, maybe we could put it in the a link to an image of it somewhere or something, but like, it's an elephant. But it's not in the manual. I'll link it in the show notes and we'll write to Nintendo and ask <laughs> yeah. them why Demand they, why they made this blunder. Uh, you know, something else that's interesting, since we're talking about, you know, the, the progression of this, and I know, Sean, you said it was kind of obvious, but like, I don't know, I felt like I really didn't care about the progression system of this at all. Maybe it was because it didn't matter that much, but, like, for something that's a really cool idea at the start of your game, like, okay, customize your ship, right? Like, that idea goes away really quickly, and by, like, level three, I've completely forgotten that, like, my ship is unique to, like, a loadout that I've chosen. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's because I didn't notice too much of a difference, and I guess if you're going to have something like that, there better be... Uh, there better be a visible difference between the stats that you're using. 
And so, you know, at the end of most levels, there, or maybe all of them, I didn't get too far in this game, uh, there's a boss battle, uh, which is either like a giant uh, ship or a giant plane or a bunch of ships. Uh, and, you know, there's many points to target. It's not like just shoot the core or something like that, like yeah. we've seen in other games. What did you guys think of these boss battles? I found it kind of weird that if you don't kill everything on the yeah. screen, you have to restart back to that part of the boss battle, but with everything else still dead. But I don't think you have to kill everything. I think you have to get, like, a passing grade in the percentage of what you... what You, you know, I mean, if you miss one gunner on on the boat, then you have to restart and then kill that gun on the boat. I, I didn't think that was true. Maybe for just the boat. I definitely, for at least one of the boss battles, maybe two, got by with, like, 60% or 70% or something. Wow. Especially that there's one that's like a giant plane towards the end. I, I, I beat that with like 60% and it let me move on. Then there were, you know, the first two I might have gotten 100, so I don't know. But there were definitely other ones where like I would go back through and kill and, and get like 95% even. And it would let me move on. It's just, it's just strange that like your copy of the game would <laughs> allow you to be so mediocre. I think it's heard of me, so it just knows, like, yeah. it knows, like, that I don't oh, like schmucks. Oh, he's not gonna be able to do this. Yeah, like, yeah. they probably listen to the podcast, they know how much I hate schmucks, <laughs> they want to get a good review on the podcast, so... Joe, no, so you're getting developer copies? <laughs> yeah, they, they're sending me... <laughs> we we only choose things that we're paid to talk about. So far, That's it just true. happens to be every <laughs> NES game in order. <laughs> now, Joe, let me let me ask you something here, because, you know, I understand both sides of this. So do you think that the the passing grade argument is, like, better for the gameplay? Or do you think you should have to 100% destroy the ship? I mean, I don't feel too strongly on it. I think it is weird to not make you have to 100% destroy it. It was interesting that there, that there were times where you can, like, where you could win with, like, getting, like, ah, oh, you destroyed 95% of it. Like, go on. Like, get out of here. But, um... I thought it was just more interesting that this was a different style of boss battle. Regard like whether you have to kill the whole thing or not, that like you fly through, you fly past it, and then you, if you didn't beat it, it like starts you over. And it's like keep going, like keep trying. No, I just think I just think that this this is ridiculous because if you if we're talking about just get rid of the context of the specific video game we're talking about, you're asking. Uh, in a boss battle, should you have to defeat the boss, or should, like if you get his health like seventy percent down, should they just say like, okay, you kind of did it, so uh, here's level two? Like, no, that's not in any video. Game. <laughs> right, I know, I agree. That's why I said it's 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 unique. I mean, it could be unique that like I I don't think that it's like just because in every other video game it's always defeat thing completely. If you're fighting a like a literal warship and you destroy eighty percent of it in, in in like a real <laughs> battle, did you fail? Like if you if you if you stop thinking about the way our video game language is, if you're on a mission to to take to take down well, a, a battleship and you destroy like you destroy I seventy you turrets out of eighty, I think you failed. They're gonna be like, good job. Did you, yeah. Joe? If you if you didn't sink a ship and you're a one man army, <laughs> that ship is but, still getting to shore. But you never but you never sink the ship in this game. Even if you destroy it all the way, you just destroy all the turrets on it. It doesn't blow up or sink or go away. No, it just sinks off. It sinks off camera. Come on, guys. that's true. Yeah, you didn't kill everybody. <laughs> no, it goes. That's that's you flying over it. But yeah, I mean, I I get that. It, yeah, totally. It's it's weird and it's not the way boss battles normally work. But like. 
why do boss battles have to work that like I mean I obviously I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but <laughs> why do boss battles have to work where you where it's like do the best possible at defeating it where it's like it's it's okay to have like a This is a ridiculous tears of success. <laughs> no, it's Joe, I no 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 no. I'm there with you because I agree. I think it's better to be like, well, you did seventy percent job, so he's done, as opposed to when you do defeat a boss and then the cutscene reveals that you've lost. Like I would rather say, like, okay, well, I came pretty close to beating him, so just say I beat him, then beat right, him handedly and then the cutscene makes you lose. In specific right. games. <laughs> But are, are, if you if you also equate it, I know it's different than like a boss battle. But if you just equate it to some games where your your goal is to take out the enemy, and if you kill every enemy on stream, and you one hundred percent the game, that's like going the extra mile. But you can but also beat the game a boss, without doing every beating a boss isn't the same doing as everything in the game. game. It's just that I, that's what you got to do. I I know I said that at the beginning of my sentence, uh, but it, I just don't think that like. I obviously I agree that it is like the norm and it probably better to have to just defeat the boss entirely. But now I'm just defending the fact that like there's that it's not it doesn't have to be the way every video game works. It's okay for a game to say like, yeah, if you get if you if you get 80 percent of it, you know, but you can do better with this with this gold and silver and bronze or whatever however different I'm just glad ways you want to I'm just glad quantify the tiers of success. I think it's okay to, to to open that box and try something different. Yeah, I, I'm just glad that we can get the hot takes on on nostalgia um, for our listeners to hear uh, uh, opinions about. Like, you know what? You don't have to beat bosses. You just you just do your best. You just do your best. It's great. Well, okay. It sounds like you're uh, you're twisting my <laughs> you're twisting my my sentiment there. But I'm starting to think this is not how the Battle of Midway actually went down. <laughs> system and that's because there's 24 stages to this game that is amazing amount of content what do you guys think about that i saw maybe 10 percent of it yeah i thought that i i know it doesn't like loop exactly but it seems like it starts to really recycle uh, a lot of its uh assets like like i feel like i thought that the game looped after the third level because it felt like i was playing the same level and then i realized like oh it's a little different it's a little harder I didn't get too much further than that, so I don't know how much that holds up later in the game. Yeah. Mike, if you played longer, do they eventually get to land? Uh, I did not see land. I'm sure they get there. They, they, there has to be. I can't imagine 24 stages of the same stuff at that point. You know, just loop it. You know, it's kind of crazy that there's 24, you know, I say unique, but we know that there's not that much different. But there is mm-hmm. some kind of, like, development process to these levels, so... 24 stages is a just you know a crazy amount of, of of a number for a shmup game where any particular like you know when your fuel gauge isn't quite right and you take a hit in the wrong area like you know 
well, I'm used to like life force having eight stages. That's crazy. You know, like, oh, you got to get through all eight. It's a journey. 24 mm-hmm. is like, you would you travel across the whole Pacific Ocean by yourself to go face <laughs> Japan on your own? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I do like the, I do like a password system. I enjoy me a good password system instead of having to, uh, figure out, like, buy a cheat book and then figure out if I put in this directional input pads, it will reveal the level select option for me. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, so give me passwords any day of the week. Yeah, as long as you can't, is, provided that you can't save it, which is obviously the preferred method. Because even passwords sometimes, I'm like, do I even feel like inputting this password or, like, writing it down and all that? Yeah, and on top of that, too, like, cheating... Uh, you know, like buying a cheat book or whatever is like, it just seems weird that there's this, you know, like left, left, right, right, up, down, up, down, you know, like all that stuff to to get these things that are clearly programmed into the game. So just give them as an option to begin with. What is the point of having them as a cheat? Uh, we're to, we're, so we're talking about the idea of cheat codes in general now. We're not getting so don't don't take us out of context again. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't derail the conversation. All I meant was is that give me if there is a level select option built into your game, whether it's via cheat codes or whatever, I would prefer that that just be available to the player as opposed to uh saying like, oh well, you know, we made this whole level select thing, but that should be tied behind like an arbitrary input code. I guess I, I okay. I, I have no opinion on that. <laughs> great, great. Okay. I'm not debating cheats. Those are fine and fun. And I think they added a lot more value to games than the DLC that we get today. <laughs> anyway, uh, obviously we've talked about how this is an improvement from 1942, but I think it's worth mentioning that the reason, the most notable reason I could think of for why that happened is that this port of 1943 was handled directly by Capcom and 1942 was handled by Micronix, who I'm sure you guys remember is making a bunch of Capcom's ports early on in the system, like Ghost and Goblins and stuff. Uh, So it's a nice big step above the original's NES port because of Capcom finally being like, let's make our own NES games, not just publish them. Now, unfortunately, guys, in terms of sequels and spinoffs, this will be the last 1940X game that we play on the NES. So there, oh, there's no, no 1944 yeah. for us. Yeah, well, it's probably but, still coming. Yeah, we do. We there are other sequels and spinoffs that I think are worth mentioning. We talked briefly at the beginning about 1943: The Battle of Midway, Mark II, and while that's a, a cool name, I suppose. It's mostly the same thing, except for the graphics and sounds have been, like, slightly better off for the arcade version. You know, like, they plussed up that stuff. And, quote-unquote, directly from Capcom, the game has been made more extreme. I believe that 100%. <laughs> uh, do they, what do they uh, use as their, like, what are the examples of what makes it more extreme? I honestly think just from looking at it, I think what makes it more extreme is just that they started to, like, say, okay, sure, this is happening during World War II, but what if we added in, like, crazier ship designs and, like, just made it more like a bullet hell style thing than, like, a actual dogfight? Like, what if heavy metal existed in the 40s? Yeah, yeah, exactly, Sean. Uh, not quite with a clown driving uh, <laughs> any of the ships, but we're flying. Any of the ships? Oh, you're thinking but, of Twisted yes. Metal. Oh, I'm thinking of Twisted Metal. Yeah, what's <laughs> what heavy metal? Are you talking about? 
What's heavy metal? Heavy metal, like a the, music the genre. genre. It's extreme. Explain more. I, don't, I can't follow. I don't. I don't follow you here. God but twi- twisted metal is also extreme. So probably the there, was there heavy metal in twisted metal. That's true. Anyway. I just assume that you only speak in PlayStation One games. It's not. So I, you know what, Mike? You've got a lot of problems with the way I'm talking, and you're the one that you're the one that's got the problems. You know. I do. I'm quote that. Like, somebody quote that to me on Twitter. Be like at Esposito Film. You're the one with all the problems. You know what? I say we go to the essential games list. No, no, we can't go there yet because hold on, real fast. 1941 Counterattack. That's an arcade game. 1941 Counterattack is that? Yeah, is it a prequel? They went back. Yeah, it's a prequel. Uh, and it's a Counterattack to what? Um, uh, Blitzkrieg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Then they say, forget about the years altogether. This is 19XX, <laughs> The War Against Destiny. Okay. Uh, well, that, was, which is that nice- was right after World War II ended, right? We had the War Against Destiny? Yes, we, that's true. That's true. We just, we just got word from our audio <laughs> producer that the counterattack was against was a counter to Pearl Harbor. So Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that little event in history. <laughs> yeah. Um, Someday people will be doing that with other world events, you know? They'll be like they'll be like 2021 the counterattack. What was that in response to it? It'll be like, "Oh, that pandemic, that global pandemic that happened." Then we attack <laughs> the war between the United States and China. Right, right. Um and then what else do I have here? Oh, the last one, 1944, The Loop Master. Okay, now it's uh, just- I yeah, I don't. Is. is that in reference to like the the we keep talking about the gameplay loop? Is that just, <laughs> like, just like finally mastered it? it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like they're like acting like it's a good thing. Interesting to note that it came out in two thousand on the arcade and also on Game Tap. Do you guys remember Game Tap? I don't I do think I've ever heard Tap. of Game Tap. It Sean? was it was like the precursor to Stadia and all that stuff. Like it wasn't. It was streaming video games, right? Yeah, exactly. On your yeah. as long as you had a broadband internet connection. Yeah, and that broadband back then I think still included like DSL. So yes. All right. I know that uh, this this whole thing has been derailed <laughs> for the last twenty minutes. So let's reel it back in here and do what this whole podcast is actually about, and do our essential games list. Okay, Joe, you are going to tell me right now whether nineteen forty three which may or may not have the subtitle The Battle of Midway, is an essential game. I'll, I'll first say that coming into this remembering 1942, the video game, not the year, uh, I had very low, low expectations for this. I was not looking forward to playing it. And maybe that contributes to the fact that I really had fun playing this game. It was it was a vast, vast improvement over 1942 um, and I think it was, as far as shmups go, uh, which we all know I, I don't care for, it was pretty fun. Um, but it's, I, I don't have, like, too much that's like, oh, this part was terrible and that was terrible. It just wasn't, it just wasn't on that level that gets it to to essential game. Like, there was just nothing that makes me want to, like, really go back and play it again. And it's not like it was, like, the most fun I've had and, you know, not even close, you know, with any of these shmups. So it's just, it's just good but not essential. Fair enough. And Sean? 
Well, in terms of the essential games list, I, I can't put this game on here. Uh, I, if we had a most improved sequels list, then I could put that on there. Um, but yeah, pretty much everything Joe said. Uh, in terms of the essential principles of podcast design, I would say that um, the idea of going off topic for a little bit is actually is actually nice and um, doesn't mean that it's a derailing of the. Sean, episode. are you telling so us that's, that's that uh, we shouldn't be telling you to stay in your lane? I I would say that um, at, a podcast can. <laughs> is there anything a that you feel like you didn't get a chance to say that you might want to say now? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> uh, but I think. This will be our last episode. I'm being fired uh, after today. So, by the way, <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, I will just I say that it's you know for someone like me, it's great to find out new things like the genre of heavy metal. I thought there was just metal. I never knew that it could get heavier than metal. So, uh, you know, what's next? Thrash metal? Like that's crazy. Anyway, you know what's not metal or what might be made of metal? I don't know. This that analogy is not going anywhere. Uh, Nineteen forty three is is a good game. It's it's definitely an improvement over nineteen forty two, and I quite like a lot of stuff that's going on here. I just have it in a gut feeling kind of thing that I know this can't be an essential game because one, it wasn't like it wasn't that enjoyable. It was more enjoyable to see the actual improvements over the previous entry than it was to play the game. You know, I really enjoyed just noting like, oh, that's neat, they they fixed that, or oh, this looks better, or finally, some music. But that's not enough to get you into an essential games list. Uh, you know, you're not <laughs> up there with The Legend of Zelda just because you add music. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I don't want to dismiss this game. I think it is one of the, like, okay shmups that we've, that we've gotten for the system. I think it's in, like, the middle of the pack, whereas 1942 is now, like, getting closer to the end of the pack. It's just not up there with Life Force or uh, Gradius for me. So not an essential game. Wait, I did have one other, one thing I wanted to mention at the beginning of the podcast. Totally forgot. Do, do we all think that 1942 was the worst shmup we've played? I'm trying to remember other ones. It is the worst shmup I've played. Is it? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember if there were other ones worse. For me, it's the worst one I can remember. But there were so many, a lot of them kind of blurred. Hold together. on, I have a list for this kind of thing. Give me a second. Keep talking. Talk about Perfect. whether you would want Sean to stay on the podcast or not. <laughs> I, I'm going to submit my uh, my vote privately. Okay, very actually. good, very good. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I don't want to publicly uh, do this, you know, on, on the air as we are. All right, well, it looks like there's one <laughs> anonymous no. I wonder who <laughs> yeah. that could be. Uh, you know, I would say that... You know, while you might not add a ton to the show, uh, and you might not be that knowledgeable on things, that your voice is very sexy, and that that would be missed. Yeah, you guys would have nowhere to go if you didn't have this sulk, this this silky smooth voice. <laughs> well, especially because everyone thinks me and Mike sound the same. No one would be able to. There'd be no break from the one other voice. It's See true. now, okay, uh, Sean, you're on the show, okay. Uh, you'll come back to next week for us, okay? I'm of the opinion. Okay. I'm of the opinion that you guys think that I have many rules that define a shmup. <laughs> uh, you know, because you guys wouldn't let me like rest about how I was saying Galaga's not really a shmup because of these rules. So if you're counting, if yeah. you're counting any game that involves spaceships and shooting, Defender Two was the worst in my opinion. 
I don't even remember Defender 2. It was like four episodes ago, kid. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how I play these games. We, we, we had like two, we had two episodes very close together where they were like, where you couldn't move forward. Yes, correct? yes. Yeah. But Defender 2, you could so, move forward. Oh, okay. <laughs> then, then I don't know what we're talking about. Very good. I'm uh, Michael Esposito. This has been Nostalgia. We talk about anything we want here. Never tell content creators to stay in their lane because they can do whatever they want and they're regular human beings who have opinions as well. So with that in mind, next week we're going to have a lot of opinions about a certain game called Donkey Kong Classics, uh, a game that I'm not quite sure what it could be about, but I'm excited for a new Donkey Kong entry. I can't wait to hear what you guys all think about that. I'll see you then. Uh, I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on Twitter on at Esposito Film. You can find Nostalgia on Twitter at at NostalgiaCast, posting lots of cool stuff. Talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) 